Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Releasing our anxious inner narrative. In this podcast, Eckhart talks further about dealing with adversity. He says when we experience challenges in the form of loss, including jobs, homes, relationships, political instability, or the pandemic, it's actually an invitation to connect more deeply with the present moment. Eckhart says the conditioning of our minds determines how we respond to situations. He says if we spiral down into fearful thoughts whenever a crisis occurs, it's a sign that we're out of alignment. He believes the first step is always to remain in the here and now. Eckhart says when we meet adversity with alertness, we learn to transmute fear and are no longer dependent on what's happening around us. It's then, he says, we realize our path to freedom begins with our state of consciousness. Whenever you encounter adversity or loss or extreme limitation that suddenly comes into your life, some kind of disruption that comes into your life, that is a call to come more intensely into the present moment, first of all. So allow the whatever form the adversity takes, whatever it is that you're experiencing right now, allow it to, one could almost say, force you into the present moment. If you're not in the present moment, you will be in a state of fear. So the first step for manifesting something better is to forget about manifestation and be completely concerned with the present moment only and give your fullest attention to the present moment. That includes not only whatever is happening around you at the present moment right now, your, your sense perceptions and so on. This is, of course, part of the present moment. It also concerns the thoughts that you're going through your mind at the present moment. So there's a huge difference between having thoughts go through your mind and being aware that certain thoughts are going through your mind at the present moment. This is something very important, uh, easy to overlook. Thoughts go through your mind all the time. For most people, particularly people who have not awakened yet in any way, who are still unconscious, which means completely identified with a thinking mind. For those people, there's no awareness behind the thought. This is why we say they are unconscious. Without awareness, there's only the movement of thought, and the movement of thought reacts to whatever is happening around you, and the way in which the movement of thought reacts to whatever is happening around you depends on the way in which your mind has been conditioned by past experiences. So the conditioning of your mind determines how you react to things that are happening around you, how you interpret them, what kind of narrative you create around what's hap what is happening around you. You, 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 exp you talk to yourself, that's the voice in the head, the thought processes. Uh, this talking to yourself becomes a narrative. Without awareness, you are completely identified with the stream of thinking that is reactive to whatever is happening around you. 
and uh, if something is happening that is challenging, in other words, some kind of adversity, limitation, loss or disruption of your life, then the normal thing for most people is a, uh, a very uh, scary narrative that arises in your mind, the way in which you interpret what's happening is scary because you're not only looking at what's happening now, you're also extrapolating from there and saying, how is this going to affect me? What's going to happen tomorrow, next week? You project yourself into the future with, you see things are getting even worse than they are now. You see already how whatever is happening now, how it's going to affect your life and you play out scenarios in your mind, uh, which are not pleasant and you don't know what you're doing, you believe that what you're experiencing is the reality. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu but it's not the reality. What you're experiencing is what your mind has created. It is a narrative that your mind has created as a reaction to what's happening around you. So you're not experiencing really, you're not experiencing reality. You're confusing what is happening in your mind with reality. Once an awareness comes in, another word for it is presence. When awareness comes in, you suddenly become aware of the kind of thoughts that your mind is creating. That is the beginning of awakening, spiritual awakening, the awakening of consciousness. That is to become aware of the way in which your mind functions and what it says. And this is why it's so important to become conscious of the present moment, because that is an intrinsic part of being present is to become aware of what your mind is doing in this moment. And this is why I said the first step is to forget about wanting to manifest something different. We can go there later. The first step is become more intensely, more acutely aware of the present moment because without that awareness, you are at the mercy of your mind, the conditioned mind, without even knowing it. You have become a victim of your mind. And so it is true to say that for many people, their worst enemy lives between their two ears and they don't know it. So the most foundational step is coming into the present moment, which implies the arising of awareness or presence. And as that awareness arises, you become aware not only of, of your immediate surroundings, which, which is part of the present moment, but you also become aware of the thinking mind and what, kind of, what, what thoughts is your mind producing. And you look at the are these thoughts reflecting true, truly a reflection of reality or are they a fiction that my mind is creating, uh, projecting itself into the future where things are usually seen as going to get worse? And then you experience the emotions. Emotion usually reflects mind activity. So if your mind is producing thoughts that are telling you that uh, your situation is dangerous or critical, 
although in the present moment it is very unlikely, highly unlikely, that your situation is dangerous or critical in this moment. If it is dangerous or critical, of course you take action, you have to do something to get out of this immediate challenge. But it's highly unlikely that in this moment there is immediate danger or your, your situation is critical right now. First step then is coming into this moment and realizing, okay, you become aware of sense perceptions. Then you become aware of thoughts. It may take a, a little while for some people who are deeply identified with the, the stream of thinking. It may not be, even be very easy at first to become aware of sense perceptions, which is part of being present. Why is it not easy for many people to become aware of sense perceptions? Because their entire consciousness is continuously being absorbed by the conditioned mind, and so their entire attention is in the thought processes. Their entire attention is consumed by unconscious thought processes. And if somebody says to them, become aware of your surroundings, it may not be easy at first for people who are deeply, deeply trapped in fearful thinking, particularly, to even liberate some of their attention, so to speak, take some of your attention away from thinking and direct it towards sensory perception. So you may find, particularly when you find yourself in a challenging situation, when the, the mind has become very reactive and is thinking and thinking, what am I going to do now? What's going to happen to me? I need to do something, but I don't know what. And, and all kinds of scenarios. So your mind is, your attention is completely taken up by the unconscious thought processes. And if then I say, or whoever it is says, become aware of your sense perceptions, you may find there is a, an almost magnetic pull by your mind. It wants to continue thinking, and it has a certain, I sometimes call it, a certain gravitational pull. There's a gravitational pull, like a magnet, and you cannot free even even a small part of your conscious attention and give it to sense perception. And sometimes you, you, the mind may even be creating a thought that tells you why you cannot give attention to sense perception. And that thought might tell you, what's the point? I've got, I've got other problems now. I have to think about my life. I can't, this is completely irrelevant. I have to solve the big problem of me, my life, my life situation. I have to think about this. Don't tell me about, become aware of my surroundings or sense perception is pointless. So that uh, the gravitational pull of the conditioned mind is there and it might even find some kind of justification to uh, prevent you from taking attention, even some attention, away from unconscious thinking. But once you discover that, you say, okay, uh, you don't have to believe in every thought that arises in your mind. You don't have to believe every thought. Even that little realization, that little realization, I don't have to believe in every thought that comes into my mind is a already the beginning of a liberation from your mind. Oh, I don't have to believe in every thought. Interesting. Because that already implies that there's at least a minimum of awareness. It's not just the thought processes. When you realize that you don't have to believe every thought in your mind, then that already implies that there's some awareness there from because it's only from awareness you can be aware of a thought. This is a very subtle thing. It's fundamental to understand this because your mind, your consciousness has another dimension. There's a dimension of consciousness 
in you that we can call awareness or presence. And most people still don't know that. And millions on our planet still are so identified with the mind, they have almost no awareness. Some awareness occasionally arises, but they don't recognize it. In other words, there may be occasional moments when the mind subsides briefly. <sighs> and that's a little bit of a liberation, but they don't really, they don't know, they don't recognize that, and immediately the mind starts up again. So you become aware of your thought processes, and then you realize how much of your thinking is directed towards the future, how much it is creating a scenario that is fearful, and you realize the connection between what your mind is saying, the voice in the head, it's partly a voice in the head that thinks about, it could also be a visual image that arise to accompany the voice in the head. There are visual images that arise, and when these visual images arise, then, for example, you see yourself suddenly as a homeless person sitting on a bench. Oh my God. You see yourself living in your car. Oh my God. And fear arises. But the thing is, if you were actually living in your car for a while, as some people are, and if you became present in that moment, it wouldn't actually wouldn't be that bad. Somebody once gave me an old car that was the first car I ever had. <laughs> that was shortly after I spent a period of homelessness. There were sometimes nights when I spent in that old car, and I enjoyed it tremendously. It was just almost romantic to be in this little bubble. This is just a little anecdote. What this is pointing to is really the present moment is never quite as bad as the mental projection of some future bad moment. And in the mental projection of some future bad moment, there's nothing you can do about it. But if there's something in the present moment, you can meet whatever arises with the power of your conscious presence. This is what is. So you become, you come into this moment, become aware of this moment and realize in this moment, there is no problem as such. That's a very strange realization. It's not a denial. It's not a denial. It takes you to a deeper level, a deeper consciousness, and that is presence or awareness. So you realize coming into this moment, you've taken some attention out of your thinking mind, and some attention now goes into sense perceptions. This is a very important part of becoming present. In this moment, sense perception means you look around and you listen, whatever noise may be there, and you really give attention to whatever it is you're looking at or listening to. You become, come to your senses. If you come to your senses, look at the sky, trees, anything natural is the best thing to look at if you can, but it could be anything. So you come to your senses means there's less mind activity, more presence. And then we become aware that the mind activity that you have been engaged in is ultimately not helpful. That the mind activity itself, the narrative, the unconscious scenarios that the mind created, they are not helpful. You become aware that worrying is not helpful. And worrying, which is thinking in circles, thinking the same things in the same lines again, without, without any possibility of taking action. It's not only not helpful, it's actually destructive. And when you become aware of that, you can more and more let go of unhelpful 
mind activity and replace it with aware presence in the now. Now, what about the fear? What about the anxiety? The anxiety that has been in you for many people, it's in the background most of their lives, some fear, some anxiety. And when they're being challenged as now, the anxiety that is a kind of background, distant background noise for some people is almost always there, but sometimes obscured, but then it's there again, that suddenly becomes very pronounced, this anxiety in the face of a challenge, the anxiety that had already been there in the background, the fear, that now comes out fully and you are in the grip of it. And now you become aware of the link between your thought processes and your emotions. And you realize that your unconscious thought processes, such as worry, actually fuel the emotion that we call fear or anxiety continuously. So a vicious circle arises, and then the emotion that you feel, which you feel it, tend to feel it in your stomach, you feel it, a contraction, almost a painful, a painful thing dwelling in your, in your stomach or solar plexus area, but it can affect the whole body. The whole body can be, can be tense. It interferes with the harmonious functioning of your body. So it's very, it, this anxiety lowers your immune system on the physical level. They even, even mainstream medicine recognizes the fact that what they call stress, which in, stress is mostly fear and anxiety, in, lowers your immune system and you're much more susceptible to illness. It doesn't mean if you're not anxious, you will never catch an illness, but you're much more susceptible to, to being sick when you are in an almost continuous state of stress or anxiety. So then the, the fear, of course, rises up back into your mind and creates more emotionally charged fearful thinking, which is not just fearful thinking, it's now emotionally charged fearful thinking. And that creates even more of that emotion. This is why it's, it's called a vicious circle. The fearful thinking feeds the fearful emotion with energy. The, the, one could say the fearful thinking vibrates at the same frequency as the fearful emotion. So it is food that the emotion loves. So it, it, it wants more of it. Once you're under the grip of worrying, anxious thinking, you don't want to stop. Well, you might want to stop, but you are not even there when you're completely identified. It does not want to stop. So you are trapped in a fearful, vicious circle of fearful thinking, creating fearful, the emotion of fear and the emotion of fear rising back up into your mind and creating emotionally charged fearful thinking. And when you are in that state, you cannot think clearly whatever thought that arises, what do I have to do now? What can I do now? It's very unlikely that you will have a creative and a useful thought. Whatever your action you take on the basis of fearful thinking is likely to be not wise, not effective and probably wrong and leads to more suffering. In whatever way you interpret the world through the veil of fearful thinking, in whatever way you interpret the world when you're in the grip of fearful thinking is going to be a complete misinterpretation. But to you, when you identify with it, it's the reality. So the first thing is to become aware of thoughts and emotions. That means the awareness is, has arisen, it's there. Then once you recognize the futility and destructive nature of certain types of thinking, you are able to increasingly let go of it and replace it, not immediately necessarily with positive thoughts, uh, because you still have the negative emotion there. So if you immediately replace 
the uh, unconscious fearful thinking with positive thoughts, there's a conflict between the emotion that is still there, which is the fear, and the thoughts that are floating on top there. And you will feel that there's something not right because the emotion says you're in a critical state and your mind has a thought that oh, all is well, life is good, I'm going to be abundant. Uh, it's unlikely that this will be effective. <laughs> so again, realize what kind of thoughts go through your mind, recognize the futility and destructive nature of these types of thought, and then replace these thoughts, not immediately with positive thoughts, but with awareness. Replace, instead of engaged in negative thinking, be more present as much as you can, be more in the present moment, because after all, that's all there ever is. The mind doesn't seem to know that. All there ever is, is the present moment. <laughs> There's nothing else ever in your life. So you might as well give it some attention. You might as well make it the focus of your life. Because that's, that is, it unfolds in this now moment. Everything. The future never comes. It's always now. When the future comes, it's the now. When the past happened, it was the now. When you remember the past, you remember it now. When you think about future, you think about it now. There is only now, so you might as well give it your fullest attention, make it the focal point of your life, and then see what you can do with the so-called future. But first you need to come into a relationship with the now that is helpful, sane, and that is friendly. Become friendly with them. When you, when you enter the now, you see the now is not really that, is not a threatening place most of the time, except when there's an emergency happening, then you have to do something, an immediate emergency, life-threatening or whatever it is. But the, the now is actually a much more benign place than the mind would uh, be able to recognize. But you need to have your awareness there. You, have to, you need to be aware. You need to be present in the now in order to recognize that the now is actually, can actually be your friend. It's not your enemy. The now is your friend. You become friendly with the present moment. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. So you're, you, begin to, you begin to cut the link between your thought processes and the emotion because you let go of these fearful thoughts, you recognize their futility, instead you're more, much more present. Thoughts will occasionally still come in and then you recognize them, let go, be more present. However, in that presence, the emotion of fear may not and probably will not immediately disappear because it's been there for a long time. So even if you no longer fuel the emotion with your thinking, you become present and you may notice, yes, I'm, I'm aware of, more aware of sense perceptions, the aliveness of this moment. You can see perhaps beauty in things, where we, the things that you didn't give any attention to before. However, you can also still feel 
this anxiety or fear living in you still there. Even when you're no longer feeding it with your thoughts, you can still feel it. There it is. And that becomes part of your experience of the present moment, that anxiety. Now, what do you do with it? The normal tendency would be to say, I want to get rid of this. I shouldn't be feeling this. I don't want to feel this. And some people cannot tolerate the anxiety, so they need to, they might go to their doctor and say, please do something about this anxiety. The doctor will then you give you a prescription. In some extreme cases, those things may be temporarily helpful in some extreme cases. But a lot of the time, you would have missed an opportunity, and that is the opportunity of evolving through facing pain or suffering. If you face the emotional pain that you feel, that it's anxiety or fear, and not try to run away from it, or say, I can't become so uncomfortable being in your own skin can become so so unpleasant and uncomfortable that you just want to run away or say, please give me something so that I don't have to feel this anymore. But actually, it doesn't help to want to get rid of it. It just creates another layer of anxiety or problems on top of the, in, on top of the emotion. Now, I suggest as an alternative approach is to make the emotion that you feel that still lives in you part of your experience of the present moment and accept it in the way you accept the totality of the present moment. And that's a new way of living, a very powerful way of living, a very powerful way of connecting with a deeper level of consciousness in you, of finding enormous power that dwells in you. If you can accept the present moment as it is, internally, externally, and internally. So it's not going to kill you. The anxiety is there, but it's not going to kill you. It might kill you if you react to it and create further anxiety. And you then allow the anxiety to be there as it is completely. It's almost like saying, it sounds a little strange, it's almost like saying, I don't mind being anxious. <laughs> sounds very paradoxical, but it's a very interesting experiment you can conduct. Any form of unhappiness, <laughs> of course, some, some unhappiness is telling you that something is wrong in your life, that's a, it's a different story. But habitual unhappiness that arises in you, no matter where you go and what you do, unhappiness arises in you. No matter where you go and what you do, fear and anxiety are there. And this applies to countless humans on the planet. Now, as an experiment, as I said, what happens when they say, I don't mind being unhappy, I don't mind being anxious. But of course, you're not fueling the anxiety with your thinking, you're aware of your anxiety. So you've reached that step where you're no longer giving it further fuel or food, and you're becoming aware of the anxiety. And as you place your attention on it, which is part of the, the attention that's in the present moment, you become aware that it's actually, there's very intense energy in that fear. Almost a burning energy in that fear. But the energy is not a flowing energy, it's, it's trapped energy. It's like being in a, like a boiling kettle, you're holding the lid down, it's a, the energy is trapped, but there is, intense, there is enormous life energy in that fear. And if you can completely accept your fear at this moment, whatever, without feeding it any longer with your thinking, just being aware of it, say, that's what it is, you may find a, a, in a very subtle way a change happening 
And the change is, it's a transmutation of this energy of fear. When you accept it completely, a transmutation of this energy into intense presence. So the same energy that before was fear, when it's completely accepted, it suddenly goes, and there's enormous power that was in there, trapped, and suddenly it becomes fuel for your consciousness, becomes transmuted into presence or awareness. When it's completely accepted, and then it's no longer fear, it's just in suddenly intense awareness. And that intense awareness is like a, one could almost say a, a higher intelligence that suddenly begins to operate in you. You're no longer just reliant on your, the conditioning of your mind. There's an, there's an intense presence there. And now it doesn't mean it happens once and then it's never fear again. After the, that experience, you have to experiment. It may not last very long, the initial transmutation, then you may fall back into fear. And the fear may con repeatedly try to rise back up into your mind and make you think fearful thoughts. And from time to time, it probably will succeed again. And you fall back into the same pattern. But then more, more and more, at, at shorter and shorter intervals, you wake up again and you realize that this is what's happening. And so, and then again, you come to a place of just acceptance and then notice that the transmutation happens again. It's, it is not just fear. It can be with any kind of suffering in your life. When it's completely accepted, a transmutation begins to happen. And that is the how suffering is actually an essential part of the evolution of human consciousness. Because if you reach a point where suffering can be transmuted into a higher consciousness, awareness or presence, it becomes fuel for presence. The collective suffering that humans are experiencing at the present time is also an opportunity that's opening up for millions of humans, not that they're all going to recognize that and be able to use it, but some will, perhaps many, an opportunity for the beginning of an awakening, or perhaps even more than just the beginning of an awakening, the opportunity for an awakening of consciousness. Because if you don't, then you stay stuck in suffering. And you cannot create, manifest a better life for yourself or a better world from the place of suffering. <laughs> You need to have gone beyond suffering in order to be able to manifest a better world. So the foundational step then is what I just described. And then you, as the transmutational process continues in you, then you are able occasionally to perhaps have certain thoughts that uh, are no longer in conflict with the emotional reality in you because there has been a transmutation of the fear and you can, when, when you can feel that intense presence, this is a good time if you even want to do it, to, you can have a visualization or a, an affirmation of the goodness of life or the abundance of life, that life is abundant and it's no longer a lie. Because when you sense that presence in you, before it was fear perhaps, and then it's become presence, there is a feeling of intense aliveness. There is a heightened aliveness in that presence. 
that would not have been there if life had not challenged you and first made you suffer and then caused you to become more conscious in order to transcend the suffering. That's how evolution happens. And so there is an aliveness in that conscious presence that is inseparable from what we may call abundance. Uh, that brings me to one of my favorite sayings of Jesus. He said, I want you to have abundant life. That's in one translation. In another translation, he says, I want you to have the fullness of life. So some Bibles translate it as abundant life. Some Bibles translate it as the fullness of life. I want you to have the fullness, the fullness of life. He's talking, yes, abundant life. What does that mean? Abundance in conventional terms, when you think of abundance, we think of many things. You can have lots of things and you have abundance. But true abundance is something, it's not lots of things, although maybe you, lots of things may come to you, but you don't need lots of things in order to experience abundance. You experience abundance through experiencing the presence within you is the abundance. It is the fullness of life, the fullness of life that is within you now. Oh. And then we come to another saying of Jesus. So we're talking about Jesus. Let's use another very important, the most important thing anybody has ever said about manifesting things is in one sentence that Jesus said, all the books written about manifesting, once you understand that one sentence, you don't need to read any of them, and that sentence is, when you pray for something, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now the key, of course, is not believe that you will receive it. The key is believe that you have received it. And then it will be yours. The will be refers to the thing, whatever it is that you pray for. But what does that mean? How can you believe that you have received it when obviously you haven't received it? <laughs> now, this can only be understood together with his statement about the fullness of life. It is when you realize the fullness of life that is the power of your own consciousness, it's not your own, but just call it your own, it's, it's universal consciousness. And this awareness, this presence is universal consciousness. It is, let's temporarily call it your consciousness. Uh, it's not yours because if you say your consciousness, you have a separation between you and consciousness. <laughs> but there is no duality here. There's only the consciousness that you are. So when you, you realize that this, the power of your consciousness, the power of consciousness is the fullness of life. And nothing that you could add to yourself could be any greater than that. So you, when you realize the fullness of life, which you can only realize in the present moment, when the emotion of fear or other negative emotion has become transmuted into intense presence, then the, this intense presence is the fullness of life. Anything else that you could obtain in life and that you as a person may want or may enjoy or may need on a personal level is the icing on the cake. Now, to this important realization that all manifestation, you can only be a really successful manifestation practitioner if you realize that whatever you manifest is the icing on the cake, because you already have the cake. <laughs> you are the cake. <laughs> if you don't realize that, then life is frustrating, because even whatever you do manifest, if you think that's the cake, 
it's not going to satisfy you for long. It might even make you sick <laughs> if you eat too much cake. <laughs> it may make you sick. So the cake is the essence of who you are, is the presence. If you then, if you bring an image of what you want to obtain or achieve into that feeling of presence or aliveness, then that can become a very powerful manifestation. You want to have a better place to live, perhaps, whatever it is. But you don't need it to experience the fullness of life. You can only be successful at manifesting if you don't need whatever it is that you want to manifest in order to give you the experience of the fullness of life, which we could use other words to describe it, the experience of being fully yourself, the experience of having made it, the experience of a fuller sense of identity, whatever it may be, because people don't, they, they don't want the thing that they think they want. They want the feeling that that thing will give them. You don't want the car just for the sake of the car. You want the feeling that is associated with the car and the mental image that's associated with, I am the owner of this car, it's my car. That's what they want. The car itself would be meaningless. So they want, whatever they want is always a secondary thing. They want this fullness of life through something else. So I'm really describing how manifestation does not work. And even if it did work in that way, and sometimes it does in a limited way, it's not the answer and it doesn't make you happy and it won't ultimately solve anything. <laughs> so the powerful manifester, if that's a word, is the one who is already in touch with the fullness of life and manifests from the fullness of life. And again, Jesus said, so many beautiful things there. Find only the kingdom of heaven that is within you, which is again the fullness of life, which is the presence, the unconditioned consciousness, and all the things that you need or think you need will be added onto you. That's an amazing thing. It's so it's even when you do not specifically uh, attempt or practice manifesting specific goals, things in your life, which some people do and some don't. It's an interesting practice. But even if you did not want to manifest specific things, your life will change as a result of being in touch with that dimension within you, the fullness of life. Because from there, manifestation happens. It even happens when you no longer even want to, want to manifest because you're fine, but you represent then a different level of consciousness in this world. And the way in which you experience this world changes. And the way in which you affect the world changes. So you cannot help but manifest when you undergo this shift in consciousness. And even if you don't undergo it fully, you still begin to manifest a different world. First of all, a different world for yourself, because the way in which you experience the world depends on your state of consciousness. The one person may react to the same circumstances very differently from another person, depending on their level of consciousness. So one person gets encounter a particular form of adversity a very unconscious person and re reacts in their way. And so they experience a very different world from a person who meets the same adversity from a different, from an awakened state of consciousness, experience it a, a different world. And not only that, the way in which the, let's say, whatever event you're experiencing in the present moment the state of consciousness from which you meet this event determines the subsequent development of that event. This is a somewhat esoteric thing, but 
the so-called world and your state of consciousness are single phenomenon. There is not really a world if nobody experiences it. So the, the, the consciousness that you are and the world are a single thing. When your consciousness changes, the world changes. First of all, the way in which you experience the world changes, which basically means the world changes for you. And if the world changes for a sufficient number of people, then even the so-called outside world changes. So for the world to change, there needs to be a shift in consciousness. But you begin to experience this in your own life first, and then you begin to inhabit a different world. So you always, you manifest, of course, always, most people manifest, as I'm sure you know, most people manifest unconsciously because their conditioning of the, the, the way in which your mind is conditioned determines how they experience events in their life. And that becomes their world. So they manifest every moment. So how do you manifest your experience of this moment? That's another way of looking at manifestation. How do you manifest this moment? It depends on your level or state of consciousness. <laughs> you are not dependent, ultimately, on external conditions. And that's when you realize that, that you are not at the mercy of what's happening or not happening around you. This is the wonderful realization, the wonderful freedom, that your consciousness is not dependent on this or that happening or not happening. That's an incredible realization and sense of liberation. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. It's okay if you aren't ready for kids right now. It's okay if you don't want to be a mom now or even ever. It's nobody's decision but yours. But do you know it's not okay? Not knowing how effective your birth control is. Talk to your doctor about effective birth control options so you can make an informed decision. Tap to learn more.